Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, there's a lot of thoughts that were going through my head in terms of what to talk about in today's episode. And one that just kept kind of coming back and back kind of feels like the one that I should talk about. And it is actually that notion there of when you're thinking about something, but this thought or repetitive thing, maybe an outside force tells you something and you keep hearing things a certain way. And so often in my life, I used to just blow that off and just think that it's just a weird phenomenon. It's nothing. And I think probably because of the conversations I have with you on such a regular basis, I have started to give additional attention to thinking about well, why does this thought keep coming to my head? Why do I keep thinking about, in some capacity, I need to reach out to whomever, my mom, my brother, whatever. Why do these thoughts keep popping in my head? And should I just keep blowing them off because I don't have the time for it? I don't want to make the time for it? Or should I act upon it? Because I have a very strong feeling that I'm not the only person out there who feels this phenomenon or has this patterns happen to them. But we've never talked about it before, and I wanted to change that here today. So, Father, with that being said, I want to give you the floor, and hopefully that makes sense as, as the topic here. Yeah, great. Uh, it's uh, surprising we've never talked about that. That's uh, that's a great topic to bring up. And uh, sometimes we describe these sorts of things under the general category of distractions, and uh, that can be an accurate description. A distraction is something that takes us away from traction. <laughs> it has the word traction in it. And so we get disc cut off from our traction. And w- this happens, of course, in our conversations with each other as well. Uh, you and I are talking, and then I suddenly remember something that I need to do, and then my attention is somewhere else, and then I suddenly have to come back. And hopefully I didn't lose too much of what you said so that I can uh, actually answer what question you asked and not have to ask you to to repeat yourself. So that kind of thing happens also, of course, in prayer uh, and and maybe even more so because I don't have the sensory stimulation. With you, I'm hearing. So my uh, eardrums are taking in sound and I'm also seeing my eyes are taking in uh, light and I'm the, those uh, sensory connections, sensory traction really helps me to maintain an inner traction as well. Uh, but w- in prayer, I don't even have that. Um, now, maybe I have a little bit if I'm in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, or maybe I'm praying the, the Liturgy of the Hours or something, but it's pretty easy to disconnect, to distract from those kinds of uh, stimulation. So it really requires an interior connection. And that's where we experience you know, the need for attention. And I, I make an effort to pay attention and uh, to connect my interior to God. Uh, and again, uh, since where, where is God and what am I connecting my interior to and how does that work exactly? And so all, all those kinds of things come up and I might use my imagination because the reality is, in fact, we're recording this over an electronic uh, medium. I'm not actually hearing your voice or seeing your face. I'm seeing pixels and I'm hearing uh, reconstructed sound waves that are digitized and sent over a medium. So I'm already not receiving actually you, you might say, 
we're always being mediated by something. And furthermore, I'm actually forming some image of you inside of me. And so I'm taking you in in some way and I'm connecting to what you're saying. And I kind of know more about you than just the words you've uh, just used. And so I'm sort of taking that all into a whole context of who you are and what you might mean by this and what you're asking. And so I internalize you in a way. And I do the same thing with God. I have some idea of who Jesus is. He's revealed himself to me. I've read the scriptures. I read theology. And then I have my own personal experience. And all of that comes together. And I internalize some kind of image of him, some uh, sense of his person, reality, his presence. And then I'm interacting with that. But that that interaction is uh, is tenuous because uh, it's well, it's in the realm of faith, and it uh, doesn't have all of the kind of sensory reinforcements to it. And so uh, then it's easy for a thought, as you described it, to kind of get in there and disconnect me, to distract me from that, that interior image or that interior connection, that relational connection that I have. Um, so what do I do in that case with this thought that just came in? Well, Again, I think the analogy with a human relationship is helpful. If a thought came in while you're talking, um, I don't want to stop listening to you, but the thought that came in might actually be helpful for what we're talking about. And so I don't want to just ignore that thought either. I, I sort of catch it in some way and try to pay attention to you at the same time and then see if those things fit together. And sometimes I say to you, um, well, a couple of thoughts come to me as you're talking. Mm-hmm. And then I try to incorporate those into a response, into the into the interaction, into our conversation. And uh, sometimes they're obviously relevant, and and there's a there's a an immediate way to connect them. Sometimes it seems a little bit more irrelevant. Uh, although we could say more about that. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but. Uh, a lot of times things aren't as irrelevant as we think they are. So, yeah. uh, so the, the best thing is exactly what you said. Uh, where did this thought come from? So to be curious about it is a great response. When I'm in a human interaction or when I'm in a prayer interaction with God, uh, just being curious about it. Where did that thought come from? And uh, just to notice that and, and pay attention to it. The alternative would be that I condemn it. And especially if it's a sort of unsavory thought or it really seems unrelated, then I might be more tempted to go, oh my gosh, where did that come from? Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Uh, or I might say, that's just uh, focus, focus. What's wrong with you? Why don't you pay attention? Uh, so sometimes we can have a we can be hard on ourselves about the thoughts that are coming in and we can have a, a reaction to them. And anyway, that's coming from somewhere too. But uh, as much as we can just be curious about it and say, huh, wonder wonder where that came from. I wonder if that's relevant. I wonder if that's something that I can bring up or is that trying to take my attention away? Uh, so now I can say I can go in about three different directions from there. So I'm just going to uh, pause and let you respond first, and then we'll see where the Lord takes us. Well, I, I think that that's an amazing summation of, of, of I guess, the phenomenon of, of what goes through me. And, and I think that the how accurately you said that made my assumption that yes, this this is something that happens quite regularly to a lot of people, and therefore probably part of a regular of the human condition. And that actual final sentence of, of "Let's see where the Lord takes this" is it, it, kind of where I was driving with with this episode because combining that with how you were saying 
we have this notion of trying to say that's irrelevant, discard it, but it keeps recurring to us. You know, l- l- like the thought just comes back again and again. Like I need to do this, I need to do this, and it comes in different ways. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do we learn how to listen, to discern about what is relevant and what is irrelevant? As you said, leading up to this, it's probably more relevant than we think. So knowing that there's a bias of of this missile, how do we look at this common occurrence of thoughts and sometimes even external stimuli to reinforce the those thoughts coming at us and, and what to do with it? How should we know deal with this reality of the human condition, I guess, is the ultimate question. Well, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a good question. And uh, this reality of the human condition is, is in part because of, you know, although there's a, again, a tendency to kind of be hard on ourselves about it. Why can't I focus? Why do I have, why is this stuff coming in? Um, when we start to trust ourselves a little bit more, and and maybe it also happens more and more as we we have interior integration, inner harmony, healing, um, we can start to trust it's coming from somewhere that's a part of me, and um, there's something to to derive from that. And so, why does that thought uh, show up? I'm sometimes I'm making connections, you know, and so you you say something about. Um, this is part of the human condition. And then I start to think about certain human beings or something like that, or, or the whole variety of human beings that I'm interacting with on a regular basis. And like, yeah, it's just amazing what God has done. And I can start following down that trail of like, ah, oh, it's uh, God is so creative. He just makes all of these wonderful different people. And now how did I end up on that track? Well, because you said human condition and it immediately put me in touch with my experience and all of the human beings I know. And then that's something being uh, worth being amazed about. And again, there might be a place to bring that into my conversation with you if if we were just talking and, and I said, oh, yeah, it makes me think of this wonderful human being or this human condition or this person that had this thing going on. And, and then we can kind of bounce off of each other that way. And that's the kind of thing that can happen in prayer too. It's, uh, I might uh, read something in scripture. That's the clearest way that God speaks to me uh, is his word in the Bible. And so that word in the Bible makes me think of some things. And then I bring those up to him. Uh, like maybe uh, there's a there's a line that just came to mind because of what I was just saying. In John 2.12, it says, Jesus did not entrust himself to him because he, he knew human nature very well. <laughs> and so knowing who we are, he he's not ready to. It's not time yet, you know. In God, John's gospel, but when I read that passage, it might me make me think of yeah, human nature. How trustworthy is that? Do we really receive God in the most beautiful way? Do I receive God in the most beautiful way, or the most tender, loving, reverent way? Or you know, where are the areas in my life where I could really receive Him with love, so that He could entrust Himself to me? So there's a whole train of thoughts there. And those actually lead to very good prayer and might lead me to a place in my heart where I say, Lord, I just want to be able to receive you well. I love you so much and I want to be a gentle landing place where you can find a home in me. And so that that thought uh, comes in at that level. Maybe it leads me to thinking about like, gosh, my uh, 
my uh, mother sure wasn't able to receive me very well. And I can kind of get what Jesus is doing there because I have, and maybe a memory comes up at that point that I, I wasn't received well, and it was painful in some way. And maybe that's an invitation then to bring God into that place, uh, to feel some of those things. Maybe I haven't thought about it in a long time. And, and then to just hold that out to Jesus and, and, and maybe another word then comes to me from him that, you know, I, I love you in that place and you can entrust that tender place to me. And I feel like I can really do that. So again, these kinds of thoughts that come in uh, are, are coming from our, our interior and there, there are connections that are there that are, that are worth being curious about and exploring. Now, it might be also be the case that I'm there in prayer and I'm thinking about human nature and then I think, you know, I have to teach my class tonight and I should really incorporate something about that in my class or maybe sometime later in the semester. And then, and I start planning my class out in the middle of prayer. And I think, okay, this is not the best way to spend my prayer time. I don't think I want to go here now. I'm just going to set that aside and kind of come back to the Lord. He didn't entrust himself to them because he knew human nature very well. And I just sort of start over, reset a little bit, reconnect with the Lord after kind of wandering off in some other place. And, and sometimes we have to recognize, and again, you can think in terms of your relationships with other people. It's interesting to pay attention to. Like I, uh, there's sometimes I'm talking with people and I'm more inclined to get distracted by very random things, or I find myself having the impulse. I want to pick up my phone. I want to check something else. I want to disconnect. What's happening in that? There's something about that person that I'm, I'm resisting in some way, um, avoiding in some way. I don't want to listen. There's a, anyway, I, different things that I can be aware of. And there's no point in condemning ourselves about any of that, just to notice it. First of all, what's, what's going on in me? I get really distracted when I talk to this person. Okay. Maybe there's something in me that's, that's resisting or disinterested or, um, un, un, unwilling to engage uh, with that person. So let me look at that. Oh, well, I see that that person is maybe a little bit erratic or, or maybe they, uh, yeah, one of our, uh, well, some of our monks, I suppose, have, you know, some difficulties with uh, speaking in a straight line <laughs> and, uh, you know, things go around in a circle. And I, I'm sort of like, want, I want to check out until they get back to the point And then I want to check back. Okay. So I wasn't even noticing that I do that until I started to notice, huh, there are these different thoughts that are coming in. What am I doing? Oh, I'm disconnecting. Why am I doing that? Because I'm frustrated at how this message is being communicated. Okay, maybe I need a little bit of compassion there and I'll reconnect that way. So anyway, all of these different thoughts are, are not totally random. Uh, they're coming from somewhere and, and they need to be uh, noticed. Sometimes they need to be shared and this is the kind of thing we can do with a good friend or in spiritual direction and counseling or you know, we, someone we can really entrust with being a little more vulnerable with, uh, then we can sometimes share the thoughts. And that gives us a, sometimes a, a light will open up that helps us to understand where those things are coming from or, or what I'm doing there. Yeah. And I love that you just gave a lot of real examples about how this happens with people, how it's normal. You know, I think that that's, that's incredibly powerful to have because, you know, when we sit here, 
you think about like, am I the only person who's going through this? As you mentioned there before, sometimes it's like, am I a bad person for, for realizing this, like for, for losing track? Or as you said, even during times of prayer, why is my mind wandering? Um, You gave a couple of different examples of that. I think that that there's a lot of power and, and ultimately while we didn't talk about this specific topic before, you, we have talked about the element of being gentle and curious with yourself. And I think that that's one of the most important things that you really teach fathers because that's how we learn ourselves. And as long as throughout that process, we are open to listening to God as well, it really brings everything together. And yeah, so so maybe in that capacity, you're learning how to say, I need to be able to follow this guy, even though he's not telling the story in the way I want him to. And <laughs> I would have told it this in a third of the words. It would have been much more clear and people would have followed instead of zoning out. Well, the reason it might be there is in the future, you are going to have to be stuck with someone like that. And how am I going to be able to react to it? Or looking back upon a past conversation when, oh, they were really trying to tell me this, but I was trying to jump to the, the point so quickly I missed what they were really trying to tell me because they didn't know how to tell it. And I think that that's all part of the being gentle with yourself, curious with yourself, and ultimately willing to say that I'm open to change. And I think that all of this capacity is there. And to just be so narrow-minded saying, I have to do it, I have to do it this way, really can hold you back both you know, in, in every real capacity with a relationship, because as soon as you say it has to be this way, you're limiting yourself from possibilities. You know, we, we see this, in, I guess, in the most extreme form of I'm only going to talk to people who look like me. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's the definition of racism. Um, so are you living in a state where you're shutting people off for an arbitrary reason? Or is it, as you said here, just there's a disconnection. I want to be curious to why to see if I can tone that down and see where it is. And also say, you know, if the same recurring thought keeps coming to me and coming to me, why is that coming? Is this something where I should have the courage to bring it up? Is this something that we should explore either in the moment or when I go back to a private space and go, I should have done this or should have done that. And I think that that's really one of the most important elements of, growth because so many of us as adults just say okay i'm here as an adult i don't need to grow anymore but i think that this is a natural process of growing mentally and socially that people kind of ignore Hmm. yeah no you uh you you said all those things very well it's uh yeah just the the kind of self-awareness and and gentleness with ourselves uh, uh sometimes it is that kind of harshness. And, you know, uh, we come by that honestly. I, I wouldn't want to attribute a, a moral quality like you're bad because you don't do this. Um, it, we've sometimes, you know, been kind of beaten up for our distractions. And then we beat ourselves up for our distractions. And so then we want to pretend like we don't have distractions. And so th- those kinds of things happen. The, the irony is that we we can end up getting distracted by our distractions in the sense that I you know, I start, my mind starts to wander and then I start to beat myself up over the fact that my mind is wandering and that hasn't actually gotten me closer to, to reconnecting. That's uh, led me farther away from that. Uh, now, again, those things tend to happen without us 
consciously willing it or sometimes even noticing it. So just the, just the noticing process and then the, the curiosity process, uh, those are, those are things to work towards. You know, it's not just a matter of flipping a switch and making a decision and we get there tomorrow. And, and a lot of times, uh, maybe, well, I, all the time that builds on human beings who have reinforced that with us. And it may require that in the current moment, or there may have been somebody in your past that at least gave you that what I'm saying kind of connects because you've had some experience of someone who was just curious. They weren't attacking you for your your thoughts or your uh, change in conversation. Your you know people will talk about ADD and you know can't not being able to hold attention. That's a real thing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying like it's not, but you know I I just think of uh, people who who will uh, have those sorts of distractions. I must be ADD. Well. <laughs> No, you must be human. I mean, it's really it's it's human. It's not a it's not a disorder. Uh, ADD is a disorder, <laughs> but but just getting distracted is uh, not necessarily a disorder. It's just being human. But then for someone to receive you with compassion and say, oh, "Yeah, it's okay. Where, where's that coming from? You know, what's uh? Tell me more about about that thought that you just had. I'm really interested in that." And then that gives us a new experience. Like, oh, a random thought that comes up can be something that's interesting and of value and worth exploring because this person asked me that and they really care about me. And so, you know, those kinds of experiences model a better behavior towards ourselves as well. And that's a, that's a beautiful discovery to have, a beautiful experience to have that can really help us to, to move forward in our, our growing into a, a, a growing humanity, I suppose. But, but, you know, to come back to prayer for a moment, mm-hmm. um, as I as I said, prayer is already a little harder because of the lack of sensory stimulation. I it, it requires a little bit more in- attention internally, uh, self awareness. It's sort of only interior, uh, much more so, and so it can have a way of of bringing up, uh, uncovering some of these areas in our hearts in a way that are not as obvious in other relationships. Uh, and maybe we've developed coping skills around in other relationships. We figured out how to cover up the fact that I wasn't paying attention for the last five minutes. And then I never addressed the fact that I'm disconnecting for five minutes in a conversation. Um, whereas in prayer, sometimes that comes up and then we're not in the as intense in a, an environment either. I don't, I, I'm not suddenly between caught between the choice of pretending like I was paying attention and being called out on the carpet and and attacked or you know accused or whatever hurt in some way so in in prayer there can be a a little bit of a laboratory you might say that i can more uh, gently have a little bit more space i can be more patient with myself with the thoughts that are coming up and and learn how to relate those to a person who loves me and who is there with me who wants to help me which which god is uh, so, and and I think that needs to be said too. That there are some movements of prayer uh, that are only focused on the thoughts and some kind of thought mastery, as if it's something merely internal and psychological, and uh, it sort of equates prayer with this psychological work. But but prayer is always relational, and so as much as I am paying attention to what's happening in me, I'm also finding ways to relate those to God who is different than me. He is not the same as me. He is a real person and he has his own freedom and we are relating, but I can bring those thoughts forth to him and and share those with him, open my heart to him. And and what a beautiful thought process and 
way to look at life, you know, to and to take forward with us as as we're moving forward throughout this week. To just think about distractions in of themselves are not bad or evil. There's no real morality to them. To be open and curious to when these are happening and why, and to realize at the end of the day, prayer is always a relationship with God, and that we're not meant to be the same. There's no way we could be the same. And to explore that possibility in prayer is just a, another invitation to grow deeper in that relationship with God. So we thank everyone for listening and being with us here today. And we'll be with you again next.